All right, let's uh, switch gears. We're uh, going to be taking a look at the role of the deacon in the Catholic Church because, in my own opinion, deacons occupy one of the most important uh, positions, not only for service, but also for maintaining the unity of the faith and by, in a way, bridging uh, the clergy-laity divide that we so often see. My guest is Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers. He is a Catholic speaker and evangelist that uh, you all know, founder and director of DynamicDeacon.com. He's authored recently Our Life of Service, the Handbook for Catholic Deacons. And Deacon Harold, good to have you back with me. Thanks. Thank you, Al. And uh, l- let me say right from the start, uh, my condolences and prayers to you, Al, and to your family on the loss of your mother. Thank you. You know, um, many of us uh, didn't find out on, we're on the good news cruise that your mom had died until the the night before. And we were all in shock. And immediately, immediately people started praying. There were masses offered for the repose of her soul. And I lost my mom in, in 2009. So, oh. so uh, I, I just wanted to, to, to let you know, Al, that, that my thoughts and prayers have been with you and your family. Well, th- thank you. Thank you so much. And let me, let me say, too, that the experience of being with my mom the last two days of her life and with her just a few minutes after her death, uh, it was qualitatively different than I had anticipated. Uh, I was, my wife and I both were absolutely uh, stunned by the grace that was operative uh, in the life of my family that was gathered there. My mom died at home. Um, And I have to say, it was the loss. My mom had been declining for many years, and her entry into eternity actually restored uh, my sense of her personality and her vividness. Uh, I didn't anticipate that, and I think it was a great gift that she gave me uh, at the end of her life to show me there could be a serene and happy death. Uh, So thank you very much, Deacon. We'll come back on the other side of the break and pick up our conversation on the diaconate. But I want to thank all of you who were praying for me and my family as my mom uh, died. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me, Deacon Harold Berg-Sivers. Our Life of Service, the Handbook for Catholic Deacons. And Deacon... Uh, this, the re- restoration of the diaconate in the Catholic Church is really one of the, the great fruit of the Second Vatican Council. Uh, overall, how, how do you think it's gone uh, over this generation? Is, it, is the diaconate back and strong? Well, in the life of the Church, you know, uh, Al, things move slowly. <laughs> yeah. So I would, I would consider the, the, the diaconate to be still in an infancy stage, okay. even 50 years uh, after uh, after Vatican II, because we still have, we hear things from people like, oh, you're a deacon, you're like a priest, except you can't say Mass, right? <laughs> right, right. Or, uh, uh, we, we have enough priests, so do we really need deacons? <laughs> or, you know, we don't need deacons, because lay people can do almost everything a deacon can do anyway. Right, <laughs> you right. Know? So you're still hearing things like this. So I, I still think uh, one of the reasons why I wrote this book is that to not only for my brother deacons to help them in their ministry, but also for the laity to better understand the role of the deacon yeah. so we can work together to build up the body of Christ. That's right. Uh, I think it's important to, to 
again, stress that uh, a deacon is ordained. It's that's you receive the sacrament of holy orders, and uh, I think that's so. When people think that, well, you know, your deacons are not that important. They do pretty much. Lay people can pretty much what deacons do. Uh, what is it that ordination brings to a deacon that lay people don't have? That's a great question. In fact, that's the question, I think. Yeah. <laughs> because, for example, you have a deacon and a lay person working in the same visions of Paul in the parish. What's the difference? They're both doing the same stuff, right? Right. Here's right. the difference. A, a deacon is a minister of evangelization, a permanent and ordained sign and witness of Christ's ministry of service. Yes. So in Acts chapter 6, that's where we see the, um, the infancy of the diaconate, you know, the genesis of the diaconate. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven guys were ordained in order to initially to serve um, the, the widows and the orphans that were being deprived. But then we see later on in Paul's letters, especially to Timothy, a development of the diaconate where they're out preaching. And of course, Stephen, the, the, the first martyr, the proto-martyr of the church, was a deacon who was stoned to death, and he was out there preaching. Right. And so uh, through our ministry of service, we ordain deacons. We assist the bishop with their responsibility of spreading the gospel throughout the world. Because the bishop can't do everything, right? He has two right. main jobs, to facilitate communion, to bring the body of Christ and the faithful together, most especially around the sacraments, and most especially around the Holy Eucharist. And But then he, the bishop is also supposed to evangelize, to bear witness to Christ's love to the world. Well, he has priests to help him with his ministry of facilitating communion, and deacons with the ministry of evangelization. And how that's shown at Mass, Al, is that even when the Pope says Mass, a deacon reads the Gospel, the Evangelium, the good news. It's the deacon that proclaims that good news. Interesting. Uh, because yeah. it, it's a sign of what his ordained ministry and witness is to the world outside of Mass. Yeah. You cannot return to the lay state any more than a priest can, right? That is correct. Yeah. And for those of us um, deacons, permanent deacons who are who are married, if our wife dies, we can't get married again. That's right. That's right. That's a very good point. Um when you talk with your fellow deacons, what are the uh, wh- what are they most concerned that lay people understand about the role of the deacon? Great question. Uh, that we're not in competition with you. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically talk about this in the book. That's funny. I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to my brother deacons and. You know, for example, you have a guy who's been in a parish, and everyone knows him as, you know, Frank. Then all of a sudden he's going through formation, then he becomes Deacon Frank. Then then people think, they get threatened. Oh, no, he's going to take my job, now he's ordained, so I was going to have to do this and this and this. <laughs> he's going to take my job. He's like, no, 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 <laughs> it's not at all. In fact, Pope Paul VI, in his document, when he um, promulgated uh, motu proprio in, um, promulgating the diaconate, restoring it as a permanent order, says specifically that the deacon is supposed to empower and enliven lay ministry, yeah. not take it over. Yeah. So people have to understand that we're not better than you or anything like that, but we, we're ordained for the specific purpose, again, both in and outside of the parish. 
to be ministers of Christ service ministry. So a young priest once asked me, you know, I'm, I'm becoming a pastor for the first time, and I have a couple of deacons. What, what should I do? So I said, for example, work with lay people. If you have a, 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 a lay faith formation director, don't have the deacon take that job away from that person. But what you can have the deacon do is come in and maybe guest lecture in a couple of the classes. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe they can look over the materials that are being used in that class to make sure they're faithful and in conforming with the, with the magisterium of the church. Those kinds of things. Sure. Not taking over, but assisting and yeah. again, helping to build up the body of Christ and to bring people to deeper intimacy with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the needs the needs uh, in, in any parish are, are so great. I mean, uh, there's the immediate sacramental needs. Then there, of course, are the pastoral needs, the visitation that has to go on, uh, the the conflicts that need resolution. Um, there's, of course, the the those young people who are single who feel as though the church favors the family over single people. You know, there's all kinds of things that are, are going on that make it difficult uh, for a local pastor uh, to be on top of everything that's happening there. A deacon's will the will the role of the deacon vary from parish to parish? Oh, definitely so. Okay. And see, what a priest has to do is discern the gifts that that particular deacon brings to the table. Gotcha. So, you know, you may have, for example, we have deacons who have PhDs, and we have deacons who are construction workers. You know, yeah. So, yeah, right, so as right. far as, as vocation, it, it, it's all over the spectrum. So the priest has to discern, what are the gifts of this deacon? Is he gifted as a facilitator? So maybe he can help uh, mediate conflict within the parish. Because sometimes as the father of a family, you're too close to that situation. Right. Right. So maybe the deacon come in as a mediator. Maybe the, the, the deacon and his wife have an a, a awesome marriage. Maybe they can help facilitate the marriage mentorship program right. in the parish. I know parishes that have, young, that have couples that mentor newly married couples. Maybe the deacon can help facilitate that in his parish. Uh, I know, for example, you may have multicultural communities in a parish. You have the Hispanic community and the Vietnamese community and the um, Nigerian community. Yep. And sometimes they are in silos. People think, well, that's their mass, that's their culture, but yet we're all part of the parish. Well, maybe the deacon can be the one to help bring people together, to create opportunities to bring the entire community together to learn and to share and to grow so that it's, we're not just living in silos, but we're working closer together to understand that person sitting next to us in the pew. Very good. Very good. Now, is there is there something that could we, that could be identified as diaconal spirituality, or is it so uh, individual that you can't really say there's such a thing as diaconal spirituality? Oh, I think there's definitely diaconal spirituality. Okay. Um, in, in fact, my brother Deacon Dominic Serrato, um, who um, you know, because what I did, Al, I had several deacons who I know. Um, friends of mine from all around the country, different races, different backgrounds, different levels of education, contribute um, essays in the little, a few short essays in the book, just to kind of put some 
skin on the bone yeah. of what I'm of what I'm discussing here in the book. And so he wrote about diaconal spirituality. And again, I wanted to include that because deacons that are in formation and guys already day know what that is. But again, I wanted this in there so that the lay person can understand what is specific about diaconal spirituality. Um, and, and so we definitely, in fact, we cover that right from the start, uh, in, in the start, the start of the book. Um, and, and so, uh, that is that ministry of service. It's where Jesus service ministry comes alive, but it's not serving. No, we're not talking about being social workers here. Right. So we're not always talking right. about working with the poor. We're talking about, remember, Jesus says the poor, also the poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so we're that service ministry of Christ in all aspects of what that word means. So in order to understand the, the diaconal spirituality, we have to understand the spirituality of service and what that means in the life of the church mm-hmm. and why uh, the apostles in Christ felt it strong enough to ordain men specifically for that purpose. Uh, we, we're kind of like the the Levites were in the Old Testament. So you have the Levitical priesthood, but within that you have the the um, the, the the high priest, the priest, and then what they called the Levites, who were the deacons. Hmm. You know, so Christ kept that same threefold ministry right. from the Old Testament into the New Testament. Um, and, and so again, our ministry is not, um, in a sense, fully. Yeah, we, there's our sacraments that we can do. As deacons, but it's not um, specifically geared toward facilitating people in, in the life of the church, like around communion or around reconciliation. Um, but our role is to see Christ's service ministry alive, so that um, so that people can really see Christ alive in the church yes, in okay. a way that it, it empowers them to go out and be and live that Eucharistic reality in the world. So you you then, in a sense, become mystically identified with Christ in his role as servant. Yes. I would say, Al, that we, that we are icons of Christ yes. as servant. Yes, yes. Right? Yeah, that, that's, how, that's how I would say that. Yeah, exactly right, Al. Very good, very good. Now, I think that helps. That really does help uh, distinguish uh, the role of the deacon and the special charism uh, that the uh, deacon receives um i i think it's i mean it's important i think i think the sacramental nature of uh ordination is important for us to bear in mind here that the church regards the diaconate so highly uh that it ensures that this configuration to christ as servant is warp and woof of becoming a deacon i uh, you know, I'm not sure there's a lot. You know, I, I guess I'm trying to think, as, as I've heard people talk about the diaconate over the years. You know, um, I, actually, I remember when I was returning to the Catholic Church, uh, a friend of mine said, well, you can go become a deacon, right? And I, I thought to myself, huh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm called to be a deacon. <laughs> but she thought because I spoke, because I, you know, speak and preach and all that, that somehow I should automatically be a deacon. Um, that's not the case. You've got to discern whether you have this particular calling, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's just like anything else, Al. When, when a young man goes into the seminary, that doesn't automatically mean he's going to be a priest. Right. He's trying to discern whether God is calling him to that. But not only that, the Church is also discerning 
if this young man is called to that. And the same thing with the diaconate. That's right. You know, someone might say, man, you, you'd be a great deacon. And so like, oh, I never even thought about it. So what, the first you got to do is if you're married, you got to talk with your wife. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. no question or doubt about that. Uh, she definitely needs to be involved in, in the decision. In fact, so much so that a lot of men can't move forward in the process unless their wife gives their yes yeah. every step of the way. That's right. Deacon, great talking with you. Uh, we'll talk soon, huh? Uh, really, always enjoy the conversation. Thank you, Alice. Always great to be with you. Thank you for having me on today.